It's the round table on Dawson. It's pleasure. It's been some time since we've gotten together. <clears throat> In that time, there's been a lot of change. What am I calling you now? Uh, your position at the Louisville Courier Journal. I'm now a columnist and content creator of sorts. I'm no longer the full-time dedicated Kentucky Beat writer. So what does that mean in English? I will now be covering Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, uh, the Derby, high schools, just anything I can find in Kentucky. So I'm quite pleased with the move. And of course, <clears throat> Dog Post is uh, venturing out. Uh, dogpost.com. Of course, it's always been dogpost.com, but there's there's been so many people that have signed up, Fletcher. It's been hard to, for me to keep up on the back end of things, which is a complicated way to say that um, I still have a bunch of work to do uh, to get where I need to go. How about that? What else is new there? It's good for you to be busy. Hey, you don't you don't need a stinking network. You are. It's like on Twitter. You know, I, we validate ourselves. Um, we don't need <laughs> we don't need a blue check mark. We don't need right? we don't need a, we don't need any databases. You guys. You got we, still have, we still have a database. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we might need a database. But yeah, no, it's exciting. I, I came over. I signed up on your new site. Mm -hmm. It's. I think it's. Uh, the site is. Uh, it's user friendly, and the round the roundtable stays. You got Matt DeBerry doing his thing. Um, it's an exciting time for you, I'd imagine. No, it's it's exciting. It's nerve wracking. It's all of those things at once. And um, nonetheless, we could talk a little bit more about that in the near future. Villanova has won the national championship in basketball. Um, you know, uh, a, a not so popular golfer who once played at Georgia won the Masters. Um, and then Georgia is what, 12 days from, yeah, 12 days from G Day. Uh, what, what's your take on things here lately since we've we've not been able to talk uh, for it seems like in about almost a month just because of this dog post transition it's been crazy yeah I guess if you count Patrick Reed he had five former Georgia golfers finish in the top 44 at the Masters three in the top 15 two in the top five although I will say the two at the top Bubba Watson and Patrick Reed might be the most hated men in golf I believe so and you want to explain that to people because I don't I don't really know much about it well, Patrick Reed's, I mean, that one's a pretty easy one. Uh, you know, he was he allegedly uh, stole from teammates and got caught cheating while he was at Georgia. He also had some alcohol violations. A pretty tumultuous run there. I, I don't think he made it a year, maybe. Right. And um, <clears throat> Bubba, Bubba's just, he's prickly, which is long for a prick. Um, <laughs> Jeez. But you know what? I mean, he, at least he's interesting. The guy's got some personality, I guess. Uh, he just, I don't mind Bubba. Uh, I had to interview him at the Masters the two years I covered it. I had to interview him every day. And he could be very difficult. But, you know, if you come off a golf course after you just shot a 76 or something, I totally understand that. But there was a survey done among PGA Tour participants two or three years ago. There was mm. a, one question was, uh, who would you um, be least likely to help in a bar fight? And the, the number one guy was Bubba Watson, and the number two guy was Patrick Reed. Uh, so I don't think those guys are liked by the media very much. I don't think they're liked um, among their peers, maybe, but I would imagine they don't really care. Well, I think everybody wants to be liked, but I don't think that it's always conducive to personalities. I mean, the... There's people, I mean, because of what you and I do, we're not even, what, one one-thousandth of their um, of their exposure to things. But people, you know, call us out all the time, et cetera. I mean, it's not like it's a new thing. So I don't, everybody can't be your friend. And, um, you know, what can you do? Yeah, and I would say that people that listen to this show probably know we, we do talk about the ins and outs of, of media because that's what we both are. Um, yeah. that's our profession and actually it's probably more of a way of life is the way I would describe it for me uh, certainly <laughs> is a way to make a living but it, I do it's my lifestyle I mean think about this uh, I slept in my own bed in March six nights 
So I, I went from Gainesville, Florida to St. Louis in the SEC tournament, uh, to Boise, Idaho in the NCAA tournament, to Atlanta um, for the NCAA tournament and McDonald's All-American game. So uh, that certainly, I think, would be considered a lifestyle, not a profession. But as, So that's why we talk about it so much. But for Bubba... Yeah, it sucks. Like nobody wants to ask a question like, "Why did you double bogey at fifteen? And why, you know?" Why yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that people don't understand is uh, it's not a lot of fun asking somebody why they've had such a bad day. I mean, yeah. that's not something you're celebrating. Well, I, I still get anxious about it. Like, just for instance, last week I went to the Kentucky Louisville baseball game, and I wanted to write. I could have written anything, but Louisville had just hired their their university president, president of the university. Louisville loses the game, and I had to go ask the Louisville coach, you know, what it meant to have hired this president, which in that moment meant nothing <laughs> to him. Yeah. And you got to ask these questions. And you know what? I, I actually braced him for it because I asked the SID to speak to him ahead of time, give him a heads up. And he was great. You know, he just lost a game to his biggest rival. His team had three errors and left like 10 people on base. He was really pissed off about it. But and I even apologized before I asked the question. He was really great about it, and that that was cool because it helped me out, helped him out, and it was fine because people want to read about what he thinks about the president. And same with Bubba, I think that there are some people that in in sports and high profile positions that understand like, hey, I've won the Masters twice. I've got yeah. to I've got to answer whenever I make an eagle and shoot sixty seven, and I've also got to answer when I double bogey and shoot seventy five. And Bubba just is not going to do it. He's one of those guys that he's a you tell me guy, which I always I've always had a problem. Oh, so annoying. You ask a sports yeah. figure a question, they go, well, "You tell me," and I go, "Well, sometimes people care what I say, you know, but not it's, not when it comes to this at the Masters." Yeah, it's it's not that 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 line. I have no one's given me that and that I can remember, but that's just not necessary. I mean, it's like. I don't. I don't know. You'll get it. You'll well, get a You tell, you me, tell me why I can't log in. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll get a You yeah. tell me out of Bubba Watson um, at least once a Masters, I would say. But you know, that's who he is. So that that's what it is, and you move on. Yeah, and we're just kind of scattered all over the place today. I know that um, we need more structure in our podcast, I guess. But some people like the structure. Some a lot of people don't. They just want. They just want us to go. I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. I'm looking at, um, I'm trying to find my cousin a picture. She says she needs a picture of herself when she's in um, elementary school. And so I'm looking at all these pictures, um, some of them quite unfortunate, of uh, us when we were children. And uh, like this uh, 1985's sort of Braves get-up that I have on here is extremely uh, unfortunate. And then we have a picture here, uh, Fletcher, with Ben Jones. Do you know who that is? I know Ben. I knew Ben fairly well. No, 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 no. Oh, no. a different Ben Jones. <laughs> the Congressman Ben Jones. Oh, oh so you mean at least uh, yeah, like important Ben Jones. Clear. Ben Jones was Cooter on uh, Dukes of Hazard. Better known, wow. better known as Cooter on Dukes of Hazard. And it appears <clears throat> when we were in um, fourth grade that we got Word Yahtzee for Christmas. So thanks, huh. Santa Claus. That must be a lot. Of, that must have been a great Christmas to get word Yahtzee. What was your worst Christmas gift? Uh, Up in the mountains. Would y'all have to like repaint a bike or something? <laughs> I don't know what the worst gift is. I, I, every day is. We're going fast down ball, boy. Santa Claus came early. I think that Cooter is one of the better complimentary roles in in a sitcom. That guy, that guy was, he was a good friend to the Dukes. He was kind of always I, there. I barely, he was the mechanic, right? I barely remember that show. Well, a mechanic who has a tow truck would be pretty useful for the Duke boys. So I thought that was an integral character. You know, the other thing about just looking at some of the stuff, um, there were some really unfortunate fashion decisions in the 1980s. Oh, I'll... You never really want to wear the um, the football jersey with the holes in it if you're a little boy. I mean, you it's, got that undershirt on. No, someone who like me was what we called husky. <clears throat> About to hit that growth spurt. <laughs> yeah, in my stomach. Um, perpetual perpetual growth spurt. I'm not sure I've ever been anything other than husky. 
maybe when I was 18, I wasn't Husky. And I don't even know about that. But that didn't take very long for me to correct in college. I went straight back to Husky pretty quick. Even though I was playing two sports. You know how hard it is to gain weight while you're running around playing basketball and tennis? I'd say it's more impressive than having a six-pack. No, I didn't drink. I didn't drink beer in co- uh, as a freshman in college. I was talking about your stomach, but <laughs> no, I don't. I, 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 for people my size don't get six packs, man. That just doesn't happen. Is that what you I'm tell? Sorry. Is that what you tell people? That's what I tell my wife, and she's gone along with that for fourteen years. Here, pretty soon. Well, I've been told that if you have a six pack, it can make your significant other insecure about their body. So that's what mm-hmm. my that's what my excuse. I'm doing this for them. I'm trying to. Is that why? Is that why I have the body I have? My yeah. wife has, has pushed yeah. out, labored out two children, and you're a considerate and I, I, person. I'm, yeah, I'm considering her with my yeah. overweightness. Listen, I want to talk about Ashton Hagens. <laughs> All right. Well, by the time we, by the time people listen to this, it might you know that might not matter. What do you think about all of this? I mean, where does Georgia go? In basketball recruiting, Jonas Hayes is not going to be around anymore. You get, you've hired Cameron Dollar. Um, who who also went to Douglas or has ties to Douglas, just like Jonas. So, you know, what do you what do you make of all of this? I mean, Ashton Higgins it doesn't seem to me like he's going to Georgia, but there's going to be another Ashton Higgins that comes along pretty mm-hmm. soon. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you just had Colin Sexton, then you have an Ashton Higgins, and there will, like you said, there will be another five star guard coming out of Georgia every year, probably. So, I've enjoyed to get back into it. I mean, sometimes it's hard to. You know, the kind of high-profile recruitments that Kentucky's in on, I haven't really been able to. I got to know Jaron Williams a little bit before he decommitted at Miami. I've actually been able to get in with Higgins a little bit and his father, and I've enjoyed it because he went from a kid who has been committed to Georgia, uh, went through tumultuous moments there when, you know, they wanted to play for Mark Fox. Um, that, that Well, that's the curious thing is, I mean, I think some people, I mean, I think it's both. I think had Jonas and Mark stuck around, nope. clearly he, he would have been in Georgia. But it's, I mean, it's it's not so much Fox that he still wouldn't have gone to Georgia, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, you have to give Fox credit, but you also have to note that, you know, had Jonas stuck around Georgia, the likelihood was pretty high still that he would have gone to Georgia. Now, I mean, maybe he winds up there still. I don't know. I doubt it. But um, anyway. Well, yeah, I feel that there are a couple of interesting things about him. Uh, once Mark Fox goes and Jonas is kind of dicey, you know, clearly if you're a point guard, if you're a five-star point guard and your number one priority is get to the NBA, then what would what would align for you there? It would be Kentucky and it would be John Calipari. There's no question. If it's um, only about that, that's correct. Well, it's not always only about that. But like I said, if, if that's your top priority, then okay, Kentucky is the offer that you want to get and it's going to be something that's going to be hard to turn down. So much I mean, so. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. I want people to know this. I'm not going to say who, but another SEC coach who was recruiting Hagens actually said, "Listen, if you get an offer from Calipari in Kentucky, then you guys should go because they're the best at getting you to the NBA in one year. It's proven." And then the 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 back side of that was, if you don't go to Kentucky, come to our school and we'll kick Kentucky's ass. So I thought that was a pretty smart way to try to do everything you could. Because you kind of have to start, you got to figure out a different way to recruit a kid if he's going to get a Kentucky offer. I thought going the positive aspect was much better than the negative. So let me ask you something, man, because it occurs to me how, you know, you're talking about a 16 or 17 year old kid here, and you, whenever you start thinking about people like Yolanda Ramsey, Tony Eason, James Andrews, um, some of the names of the, some of the other parents escape m- me. Um, uh, Zach Mettenberger's mom, Tammy. Uh, what's Aaron Murray's mom's name? I can't remember. It's not Stephanie's her sister, the sister. Um, in Ashton Hagen's case, as with a lot of those other folks, how weird a position do you think this is for the parents? Because you think you're doing the right thing for your kid by sending them to the school named X. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but how much... Gr- <laughs> I mean... It shouldn't really just be about the sport. And I know the coach that you're talking about, um, I mean, you've mentioned to me who he is. He's actually a superb coach. They had a heck of a year this past year. But how much of development happens not playing basketball? I mean, I, I remember all the practices we had. And, like, you develop, no question. 
But I just wonder at what stage these kids get to grow up in any way. Because when you're Jacob Eason, you're a prodigy. In high mm. school, you can't, you can barely breathe. The only people reason people want to talk to you is because you're quote-unquote Jacob Eason. If you're um, Ashton Higgins or Aaron Murray or, or Matthew Stafford, it's all the same way. If you're David Andrews, nobody gives a shit about you. They think you're too small. They think that you're not. You, know, you play in a single-A private school. You're a rich kid. Um, there's something to be said for being under the radar. And for Ashton Hagens, he's never going to be under the radar again. I mean, he was under the radar until about December, mm -hmm. I think. And then it ended. How does, how does Ashton Hagens go from here? And, and what's the role for the... For the parent, I mean, a lot of people get confused about, <clears throat> really the truth of the matter is, is whatever the, the parent is doing that they think is in the best interest of the kid is the right thing to do. It doesn't mean it always works out right. And those are two pretty big distinctions. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. I think you've got to, I think that Georgia made a lot of sense to them, obviously, for proximity, mm -hmm. but two for Jonas. They developed such a strong relationship there. Mm -hmm. And you can see the path. Yes, okay, I, I've gotten some of the argument that, well, here's the truth. Shea Gilgis-Alexander at Kentucky, he's going to announce to go pro before people hear this. He will be the seventh point guard in John Calipari's nine years to be drafted by an NBA team. Okay, so the only point guard that wasn't picked, the only Kentucky point guard in Cal's nine years that was not taken by an NBA team with a draft pick was Ryan Harrow, who's a, a kid that Georgia missed on twice with Mark Fox. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Went to NC State and then transferred to Kentucky, and it just he just didn't work out. And I think he ended up at Georgia State. So that's right. That's really it's really pretty simple. And, and you say, well, Kentucky already has a five star point guard from last year, Quade Green. They already have a five star point guard in this class, Emmanuel Quickly. They're going to have those guys play off the ball, and they're going to have those guys pitted against each other every day in practice. And it sells itself, and it develops itself. And I think. I think John Calipari has obviously proven himself. You go back to Tyreek Evans, Derrick Rose, um, Dewan Wagner. The guys have churned out plenty of guards. It's proven. You go take care of it. And it's in terms of development, Ashton Hagens is believes that he's going to be in the NBA in two years. Right. He went to the McDonald's Slam Jam, and he truly believed that he could have been the best guy, one of the best three or five players in this year's class, which he's trying to reclassify to. He's got. He's different. It's. It would be like a a computer programmer talking to Steve Jobs. You know, like you're in that realm, but you really don't understand the way they're thinking. They're on another level. They believe in themselves in such a in such a way that they they don't need to have maybe the some of the experiences you're talking about and being able to grow up. They don't want to do that. They don't want to grow up like normal people. They're not normal. So. Yeah, I mean it's. You know, they're not normal. And I think that that's, that's the biggest thing that's hard for people to wrap their head around is these are not normal kids. I mean, even if they're not prodigies, they are, I just have known so many people that I've played basketball with, the AAU, college, whatever, and they're all still involved in basketball in some way. I mean, that's how important basketball is in their life. I, not, not, I said they all are. That's not totally true. But, I mean, Larry Brown was, and he's still dealing with basketball. Guys like Jamar, um, Jabari played in the, in the league. Sharif Abdul-Rahim was in the league forever. Um, you know, Dan Shanks, who was at Coker. I mean, the only thing that was different about Dan is that he went over to the Middle East after playing in Europe for, I think, seven years and uh, was a contractor and can speak, uh, what's, the, what's the language in Iraq? Uh, Farsi? Really? So... Yeah, this guy was completely different than everybody else in that sense. So most people are still involved in athletics. Me, me as well. Um, so it's it's hard to shake from your system. And I think that's the one thing you know. You spent a lot of time talking to Mark uh, Rick, who in many ways got it more than other people did in terms of hey, there's going to be life after football. And it occurs to me this past weekend was the the PO the Paul the Paul Auburn Network at Georgia. And I, I didn't know Paul. Um, I knew a lot of those guys, but Paul was one of the few guys that, or one of the guys I didn't know. And the truth was that Paul wasn't 
prepared for life after football. And think about that's just Paul. There's a lot of people that don't play at Georgia that have to figure out how to move on. I mean, how many Paul Olivers are in our midst? Um, it sounds like a sort of liberal fantasy that she can take care of everyone. I'm not suggesting that exclusively. What I'm saying, however, is that we, as as those of us in sports, those of us who, and there's got to be some provided safety net if people want it to where guys, let's just say Ashton Higgins doesn't work out. I mean, my worry for Ashton Higgins, having never met him, never met his father, is that he's going to, at some stage, probably going to have to live without a life of playing basketball. He may still be in basketball. But what happens to him when he, you know, when he's like, he's done with basketball completely, you know? What happens, what happens to Bryce Ramsey when he's done with football? I mean, Bryce Ramsey ain't playing in the NFL. That, that, that ship has sailed. What, what do you go with these guys when um, Ray Drew is done with football? You know, what do you do? And that, that's, that's something that just globally as a criticism of the NCAA and these institutions. I think the institutions try to do a good job. I think the NCAA puts lip service on it, and it's, it's all fine and good. But I can assure you the NCAA had nothing to do with my development in any way. And I just, I do think it's a real thing. It's hard, Fletcher, to sit there and watch the billion-dollar contract of the NCAA, and there's no real safety net for kids who sort of don't make it, for lack of a better term. And again, I understand this is a, a liberal fantasy. That's, that's not where I'm checking the box at, necessarily. What I'm saying is we've got to have some concern for these kids. Yeah, and it's it's you can get a little overwhelmed, especially if you're trying to like solve CTE or something like that. Right. Yeah. But what I would say is that you can only control some of the things that that can help your help your immediate area, but but I think also in the long term could help your sport. So, for instance, I've never agreed with limitations for transfers. Um, I think all I think all kids, if they decide they want to leave a school, they should be able to go freely. Um, Part of that will, if, if, if you let a kid, if he's contemplating a transfer and you say, hey, not going to restrict where you go, you can go wherever you want, and that makes it easier for his life and he can end up at a better fit, maybe on the team, maybe with the university, that helps everybody involved. That's something I know Kentucky does. I don't know what the football stance is. Now, I know football's been a lot more stringent about that um, through the years. Uh, number two. Lifetime uh, scholarships. Uh, I know they do it at Kentucky. I don't know if they do it at Georgia. I'm just using some of the things up here that I am in constant contact with. If you play basketball at Kentucky and you leave after a year or if you leave after a semester, uh, you have a guaranteed lifetime scholarship. So if you go to the NBA and, and break your leg, if you go overseas to Europe and decide you hate basketball, you can come back to Kentucky and get a degree. Those are things that are very easy decisions to make, I believe, if you're John Calipari at Kentucky. Because he has a player's first model, and that starts to become part of your pitch. I think that there's a lot of paranoia in football where you, you wouldn't want to have J.J. Green. <laughs> You're telling me there's more paranoia with football coaches than basketball coaches? Like, well, man. well, you're talking about liberal being the liberal dream. I think there's a lot more liberal feelings... Uh, in basketball sometimes than football. Oh, clearly, yeah. So if you, if you, you might not want J.J. Green to go to Georgia Tech, but you know what, in the long run, who cares? Yeah, who gives a shit? Did they not relentlessly beat his ass this past year? Well, you know? the point is, is, let's say that J.J. Green is would be a running back. I mean, back. let J.J. go do his thing, man. I mean, damn. Well, yeah, but if, if J.J. Green was a running back rated 75 at Georgia Tech, you don't think if he didn't go there, they wouldn't have another running back that was rated 75? I mean, it, it just... It's such a control freak thing, and I think it hurts the sport because it hurts. You start to whittle it down, it hurts the kid. And so I think you can do some of these kinds of things to help, help free up some stuff. Also, I know I've been told many times players have been discouraged from getting their masters. Players have been discouraged from majoring in complicated ma majors uh, because there is a fear. Um, you know they'll get loaded down, and, and they want to keep it, keep it in housing, keep it in communications, keep it in, um, you know, un, unspecified studies. Uh, don't do that. Encourage, encourage your players to start thinking about what a degree 
and something that they actually are passionate about would mean if they weren't pursuing a professional career in athletics. So um, these are the kinds of things that I think people can make in their own personal decisions that I think will help influence the whole sport. It's just, you know, the one thing, I know there's a lot of, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, you see all these guys in the NBA, man, and a lot of them did not go for four years to college. Hardly none. And, I mean, any of them did. And, yeah, almost none. And um, it's curious to me because if you read about what um, Kevin Durant is like, or um, I, even Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton is certainly no one's scholar, right? I mean, I think we would agree that a person that's been to three institutions, you know, during their college years is not is not an academic. That's, but, a, that's some good life experiences, though. <laughs> well. I'm going to reserve my comment. Yeah, you ain't got to let I, the, the classroom get in the way of education, boy. Well, here's the thing, though, that Cam Newton is doing. And he's, he's just, you know, he's I've never dealt with him and it been a good experience. <laughs> so, uh, with, with But with Cam, you're seeing he is branding himself. I think more and more athletes have, you know, they could, I think it's something you said more than anything else, which is, you control, you use the process or you use college, don't let it use oh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah. And, and we're seeing finally here, maybe not finally, but like with a Cam Newton, with um, with Kevin, Kevin Durant, all these guys, they are becoming, they're trying to market themselves globally. Mm -hmm. I don't know who told me that the first time, use football, don't let football use you. Somebody told me that, and I wish I could go back and. I probably. Said well, I mean, that. football's football is gonna use you, man. I but, played enough football. I mean, that, yeah, but let me give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. It's Jawan Parker. Oh, totally. Great college, good, good, good. You know, it's not go great. He's a great basketball player in terms of the worldview, but I think he might have realized early. I mean, obviously with the injuries, he had certain limitations for what he could possibly do in this game with his own athletic ability in terms of making money. So he get, he ends up graduating early and then getting his masters. That's using basketball and not letting. How many, how many masters? You, how many masters you got? I don't have a masters. Hmm. Couldn't afford it. He had, you're behind. Was, you're behind the clock. Well, no, but that's the thing about it is it, it's an opportunity. You're going to be on campus in in June and July anyway. You're going to be able to take those classes. Maybe you could take a May master, uh, and it's all paid for. He has his masters. It's not that he got his masters. It's also that he got his masters. And did not pay for it. And I, yeah. I completely think that these players should be able to make money off their likeness. I think they should be able to make money off their signatures and all that. I think that should be a free market. Uh, I think they should get paid what they're worth. Uh, and, and I don't like the NCAA. But that is an instance where I have a one of my best friends has a master's. He has ninety thousand dollars in student loans. You talking about me? Uh, well, you got a master's. You're you're yeah. you're. I'm well, mine was free though. See, I mean. Well, my friend. Well, what I'm saying is, though, my friends has my friend has ninety thousand dollars still right now today in student loan debt. So that Juwan Parker now, it's not just that he has a master's. He also is. I don't know. I, I would imagine he doesn't have student loan debt. I'm not saying he's debt free. No, Maybe he's he got doesn't. something else going. No, he doesn't. He can't have student loan debt. So, so that uh, that's an incredible advantage in life. Here's the thing. Let me tell you something, man. And. Uh, we're going to get to either or here in a second. We've got a short either or this week, all right? Unless you've got a couple. Yeah, and I've got to clear something up from the last time we talked. Go ahead. Let me rant real quick. I mean, I, I tell you what. One of the most miserable experiences I had in life was going to Georgia and, and for graduate school. It was very – first of all, it was very difficult. I will say that I don't know if I was in over my head, but with the people we were in there that, that I was in there with, I mean, they were a lot more academically centered than I was. They weren't chasing a ball <laughs> during college for four years. They were, you know, literally um, studying, et cetera. And uh, when you start talking about uh, understanding regression analysis and figuring out the future value of money, uh, that wasn't the easiest thing to for me to transition into. But in that time, the reason I wanted to get, I got to Georgia for for, for free, for lack of a better term. Um, was that I worked for the Small Business Development Office at Georgia. I must have been their worst employee ever, according to them. I still have the letter of how bad I was. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's interesting now because um, that's literally what I have as a small business. And uh, you would think that 
you would think that I was a total moron. But grad school is very difficult, and that Jawan Parker accomplished that in a short amount of time the way that he did. I mean, Aaron Murray started on his too. You've got to you've got to take advantage of your situation, and and even if you do play sports in college, it's only only it's only twenty hours a week that you're restricted. It, it, it spills into more than that, but it's about an extra three hours a day. So you do have time to, to continue on your academic journey, if you will. Um, right. I, I, I say kudos to Juwan. I, I don't know him at all. but um, And that's not to say that... And, and by the way, for the record, Juwan was in the seedy world of the AAU underworld. And oh, managed don't get to me started es- on that. Managed to escape and get his master's well, degree. Could, so there's at least a couple of us who escaped the AAU world. Well, we could, we could, <laughs> we could call this podcast Three Rants because we just rotate them. Oh, the AAU one would probably so, be in my three. It's but the most ignorant one ever. Gonna let go you get on. I'm, not, I'm gonna stop I'm, you from getting on. It. Not everybody can get a master's. That's how it works in the real world. Uh, that's just life. Um, some people that go play sports in college aren't going to get a master's. Um, I don't have a master's. Uh, I, I thought about it many times, especially when I was working for you. So I'm gonna have to drop out. Nor, of nor do you need one, right? I mean, like, just because you have a master's doesn't mean you're better than somebody else. It just means that that you were there. Yeah, and, but, but Jawan Parker is somebody who obviously could do it, um, and yeah. j- so maybe maybe uh, his, father, what, his father's an attorney, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I mean, this guy's not exactly dumb. So, but maybe maybe yours is just what whatever it is the ceiling for your education. Uh, you need to try to hit it, and sometimes I I know for a fact there have been college coaches who discourage players from hitting their ceiling because they're academic. Yeah, because they're freaked out that it's going to you know, weigh them down and, and keep them from hitting their potential on the football field or the basketball court. And so um, you hope that that doesn't happen. But, um, yeah. It's a strange dynamic, man. I mean, Kirby Smart's getting paid $3.75 million a year and Tom Crean 3.2 to win basketball games and football games, not to graduate players necessarily. I mean, that's in Kirby's contract, I believe. But that's not the number one thing, <laughs> and I got some optics for you. So, someone though of Kirby's—I mean, I'll just put it this way: someone of Kirby's intellectual stature, you don't just walk into Terry Business School. I mean, I think the—I think the Terry thing is a little overdone for some of us. I mean, it's a great school, there's no question, but it's just like I feel that way about Grady. And you got to celebrate it this much, you know. But it's a heck of a school, a very good program. Someone who understands the how important something like Terry could be to any of the kids. I mean, why? If, 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 I mean, this is ridiculous. What I'm about to say, but if you're Kirby and you have a relationship with Migos, no, you're laughing. I'm not laughing. Are those guys not in the business of music? Uh, yeah, and they've done very well. Yeah, I mean, so you don't think that Terry? I mean, what? I mean, I, they do this, but. Why wouldn't Terry? Why wouldn't Terry say to Kirby, "Hey, why don't y'all bring those guys in, and they could tell us about the reality of intellectual um, property in the yeah. music world?" I mean, there's a yeah. million things, you know. That I mean, look, but Fletcher, you're not in the stir fry, so I'll just let you talk about what you want to talk about. No, I'm good, bro. Go, no, you said you need to correct something. Yeah, you asked me. Oh, yeah. So you're transitioning to either or. Yeah, I'm transitioning eventually. You, you asked me about. Uh, on either or if I like country music or rock music better. And for some reason, when you said rock, it really hit me. I thought you might have been talking about like Iron Maiden or something. No, There was a time metal. in my life I might have liked it. I will go. Really? I to, there I was to, a time in your life that you liked metal music. Well, I, I, I think that I grew up in weight rooms and stuff in high school and uh, I got respect for I like Metallica. You know the only person that I'm going to let play metal music around me? In a weight room? You want to take one guess? I, I don't want to blow any sources. I mean, it's, it's, if if Ryan Golden okay, was, was going to say, I, I didn't want to. If Ryan Golden was setting the music at Tucker High School in the in the in the weight room, like you didn't really mess with that one. But other than that, you weren't listening to metal music. And I don't remember him listening to metal. I just remember us having to spot him when he was benching like three hundred and fifty pounds, like. Yeah. In second period, and we're like, "Bro, I don't want to start sweating here." 
I was I've always got, amazed, that, amazed that Golden could push so much weight with a dip in his mouth. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I wasn't around then, but I've been around Golden before. Trust me. He had a dip in. There's no question about I that. You know, I changed uh, Mark Rick's last name to Mark Rick the Devout Christian because, you know, it kind of ri- had written that so many times in stories for some reason. I changed Ryan Golden's first name to Renowned. He's, re- he's Renowned Trainer Ryan Golden. That's what every time I wrote a story with Ryan Golden, is Renowned Trainer. Half the time when I... I type the word right, it comes out ricked. I've gotten so used yep. to typing Mark's name back there. Well, okay, I said I, I like country. Here's the thing. I like rock and roll better than country. Um, Clearly. Because I was, I'm a big Tom Petty fan. Obviously, Kanye West is my number one forever and always. People that know me know that. I'm obsessed with him. He would be the one to talk about intellectual property. I mean, the way he samples well, he himself has been gotten sued. cost a ton of money, man. Yeah, but it's good for everybody involved. You get that money. And, and what if you and don't? What if you don't want someone to sample you? Then you don't let them. Okay. And you don't make any money, and you don't get to see your you don't get to see your uh, your song kind of deconstructed and, and reconstructed. In I mean, all all Kanye is doing is the same as sort of intellectual thinkers of the of previous centuries or even today on the, the the opinion pages i mean he's just reacting to his environment now he's not necessarily for me that's know? fine he's, yeah and it's enjoyable but, for those who enjoy it and for those who don't you don't have to listen to it it's great you know but i like tom petty i like the eagles uh, now tom petty and the eagles are definitely i mean you're not going to try to say the eagles are country are you i think that they are um, i think they get confused for country and they're not country they are certainly they have a lot of country roots obviously yeah. um don henley yeah and those guys i think you could confuse them for country sometimes but I was, I was listening to something today man i wonder if people you know there was such a backlash against the dixie chicks after mm-hmm. um her saying that she's embarrassed to be from texas country country music killed them country music radio killed them and I just, that was wrong. I mean, she was just saying what she felt at the time and whether people appreciated it or disagreed with it or whatever. That that killed that group, basically, was, and that wasn't what killed it, but it, it went a long way to it. A lot, of, a lot of things probably killed off the Dixie Chicks the same way they killed, that the Beatles were killed off. But um, country music anymore, man. It's it's so bad. I mean, you gotta like, work. You gotta work to find good country music. It's not good, man. It's not good right now. It's, it's not. And in the nineties, you you know, I know Shania Twain's country, I guess, but she's really more pop than anything else. But at least you had Alan Jackson. You had um, um, George Strait was still releasing albums. John Michael Montgomery had some. A hit or two. John Michael Montgomery. But I mean, I'm ignore. Oh. I'm going to ignore. I'm going to ignore Garth Brooks. I know he was country, but him and Shania Twain were basically the same thing. They were pop with you know country backing. The way that T. Swizzle, Taylor Swift, um, became where she's at. She's country, and then she said, "You know what? I'm I'm good country. See ya." Yeah, but there's always going to be that mainstream, and it's up to the consumer to. You got to wade down deep. I mean, Jason Isbell. Um, is great. Chris Stapleton is great. Sturgill Simpson is great. I mean, these are artists that play country music that you that Yeah, the problem with the Chris Stapletons of the world, though, man, is like occasionally you need to have a song that's uplifting and not just like... Nah, we don't need that, dude. Here's what we need. Beer in my... A tear in no, my man. beer. We need... It's, just, it's too much. If you're... All, 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 all rap can't just be about money and women. Well, that's all, why Kanye West all, changed the whole game when he did all, Country, all country shouldn't be just about women and you know America or whatever and running down a dirt road. You should have said barefoot and blue jeans. I, I don't know these. I mean, I grew up in the suburbs. I don't get all this stuff. No, I don't I get, get it. But so that's you, the, but that's the but, point. But, but rock and roll. I don't. I mean, rap rap is actually rock and roll. I don't know if country is. I think Johnny. I think Johnny Cash was pretty rock and roll, in terms of lifestyle. So, all right, well, all right get this started. What's up? What's our? Oh, now, now you're pressuring me, you boy. You're getting paid for this. 
No, not yet. We're looking for you, sponsors. No, look, we've only got three today. All That's right? good. Sure. That means that that less that that dramatically changes the ability for me to say something stupid again. I wouldn't. I wouldn't underestimate your ability to say something stupid, boy. That's true. Now, some of these are a little bit, you know. All right, so it's only three. Are you are you going to go with lunch or brunch? Um, brunch. Why? Uh, alcohol is is not just accepted; it's encouraged, and there's usually an omelet station. Porterhouse brunch in Athens is the best brunch I've ever had. You got to wait for it sometimes, but go do it. I'm not going to wait for food. on a Sunday. Oof. You think it's that good? It's worth it, man. Because, like, they, they, you know, you, if you get the chocolate chip pancakes made right in front of you, it's all part of the experience. So they've got a you really ever made, good... You ever made pancakes before, boy? You're just... Yeah, I'm... Just make, it just Ace has to make everything. Well, I'm trying to... I just straight up, I go... I have a meat and, t and three eggs at home. I have either bacon sausage or country ham every morning. And get my eggs. We don't mess with the carbs anymore. I'm thirty. I'm thirty now. <laughs> you're getting old. Carbs got to You got to make your carbs count. And you know when you're when you're a young redheaded guy, you're kind of <laughs> cute. But the older you get, you more look. You look like more like a muppet. You know, yeah. sad. My hair. My hair. Thankfully, it's morphed a little bit. I think I'm. A, I think I'm more blonde right now than red. No, you're not, man. Don't. Don't try to be something you're not. Don't try to be something you're not. We'll have to put it to we'll put it to a test next time. Did I you ever, did you ever watch Fraggle Rock? Because that's what you really look like. You don't look like the Muppets. You look like Fraggle Rock. Oh, next question. You probably got HBO when you were a kid. See, I didn't. I didn't I get did. HBO. I didn't get to experience Fraggle Rock. It was only in the schools, the DeKalb County school system, where we saw Fraggle Rock occasionally. Well, for the parents out there, if you got HBO and you got a twelve-year-old kid, you need to restrict that thing after dark. Your kids are going to grow up real I think, quick. I think, I think Cinemax is the one you better watch out for more than HBO. Well, Cinemax is a little bit more straightforward. HBO's got some some taboo things going too. It could really confuse. So Pete, so Pete okay, so Pete <laughs> Pete came in and turned HBO on at night. No, he didn't turn it on. But sometimes when people go to bed, I'd slip out and I'd learn some new things. That can <laughs> it can confuse a young man. <coughs> Next question. <laughs> There's something wrong with you, man. I know. All right, now up there in the mountains, you might not have had this problem. Are you going to do the driving range or the batting cage? Uh, driving I range. Know, I, I know where you're from. They yeah. both serve Budweiser. Yeah. Pitcher <laughs> form. I want to say driving range. Uh, golf is a game for life. Especially where I'm from, you could you could pull up to a driving range in the middle of nowhere, and they have they would have the ball machine, which is a good nickname for somebody in college. Um, you could pump in your money, and they didn't there wasn't even anybody working, so you just got your balls and went out and hit. And um, it's I like that because it's laid back. Batting cages are intense, man. Yeah. Everybody is watching you, and you... You, you ain't never seen a curveball before, boy! Yeah. Well, they crank it up, you know, and, and you used to be decent at baseball, and maybe you never were, I don't know, but it's 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 a very intense atmosphere. It's loud. I like, I'm like. i more of a middle-of-nowhere golf range, chilling out with your buddies. There was this, uh, there was this driving range on 285, and, at the corner of 285 and 85, and it was one of those multi-level deals. And we would just go up there and there were it was it was near a UPS or something where a bunch of trucks would come on the left hand side of the road. So if you could hook a ball, you can't you could come really close to hitting those eighteen wheelers as they left. And let me tell you, we tried that more than a few times when I was growing up. I mean when I was a teenager really, and you'd get up there and of course, I could, could never control a golf ball to save my life, so nothing new there. But batting cages were a strange world. I know that. Talk yeah. about talk about you talk about Ryan Gold dipping. I mean, <laughs> there was plenty of dip to be had. 
Well, I can say that at 30 and being redheaded, mm-hmm. I, got, I have nothing left to prove. So I, I got to step in that <laughs> box. I don't have to step in that box. Although, I, did, you, I, did you say what? Did you did you play a lot of little league up there? Where'd y'all have it called? Yeah, Dixon? I played. Well, no, I played baseball through. I, I played baseball through uh, high school. I uh, played every every year, just about. Oh, so. you played at Towns County. You played for the Indians. I did. I, I uh, did I, you letter? Yeah, I was our leadoff hitter my junior and senior year. Uh, do, you, do you still have your letterman's jacket? It's in my mom. My mom has it. Yeah. You think she wears it? She probably goes down there and smells it. It, remind, it reminds her when I had so much potential and uh, didn't waste yourself on that girl from South Georgia. <laughs> no, um, it didn't waste your life on that girl from South Georgia. At least she's at least she's not from Atlanta. I have some baseball stories I'll tell one day on this podcast. Uh, I just never really played it, man. It wasn't. I wasn't good at it. I could have been. Well, really I gotta good say at I wasn't it. good at it. I never played. I, I think know. I could have been really good, but I just never. Um, I think we had a we had a culture where you didn't want to be good at baseball where I was from. Mm. I'll get into that later. All right, last one, and then we're going to wrap it up. And this is the sort of quintessential question in Atlanta. This is probably a question for you, too. When your family was uh, traveling, couldn't go to Disney World. That's too far. Probably cost the pages too much money, if we're being honest. <laughs> Did you go to Stone Mountain? No. Or Six Flags? Neither. I mean, Talladega is not an option. You have to do one of the two that I'm talking about. Where did you go? I've, when I was a little kid, I, I probably went to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Uh, okay. Yeah. Atlanta Motor Speedway and the Georgia Dome. I'd never been to Disney World. Never went to Six Flags. Uh, never went to Stone Mountain as a kid. I went one time as an adult. What'd you make of Stone Mountain? Was it weird? Um, I mean, do you think do you think anybody notices the Confederate soldiers on the mountain? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know how difficult that that would be to make. <laughs> have you ever have you ever <laughs> spent all that time on a bunch of damn losers that lost that lost a war? That's aggressive. Just saying, that's the facts. Yes, it would be very difficult to make. Huh. Yeah, you got anything else to say about where I grew up? <laughs> I just, I don't, the Stone Mountain thing. I mean, every, everybody can't be from Union County like you are. Uh, the, the, uh, that's an insult <laughs> to me. Uh, Union County has a Chick-fil-A now. And I think really? I think they're in triple A classification, so they're on the come up. They have a Chick-fil-A. They're not, they're not a part of the mountains anymore, man. Nope, they're done. They're I mean, cash Clara, Clayton, Clayton has one. Clayton has one. Got to cash them out. Yeah, Clayton and Blairsville is kind of sandwich uh, Towns County, who's still rocking the Hardies. So we still got that street cred up there. Got the Frisco Burger. Yeah, we we don't have Chick Fil A drive through, but we've got a Frisco Burger. I gotta say, man, anybody that that listens to this podcast, they I feel like they really know Towns County now. After you uh, incessantly bring up my my mountain roots, and uh, I'm not afraid to talk about it, but it's an interesting subplot to this god-awful show we have here it's not a god-awful it's an interesting take on the world you know we can't everybody can't what are we going to talk about right now i mean are you want to talk about the uh, yeah let's talk about the depth chart who's the third string that 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 continues to change each week i mean the third string what now who's the third string quarterback at georgia stetson bennett Where'd he come from? South Georgia. There's always a South Georgia kid on. It's in that quarterback rotation, I guess. Yeah. Jake yeah, Fromm don't. Jake Fromm doesn't count. God, that's, don't get the, don't don't get those. Georgia. Yeah, don't get the natives restless in the middle of Georgia. They will they will find you. <laughs> they will find you. I ain't never been north of Atlanta, but I will come get that Fletcher Page. <laughs> Talking oh, about man. talking about our our batting range, our batting cages. Have you been to Have you been to a game in, at Warner? You've been to you went to that game at Mercer, but have you been to a game in Warner Robins? I've been to Warner Robins High School. I saw a kid commit to Auburn there once. Can't remember who that was. I don't think I've been to an actual game there though. 
I've been to a lot of high schools. It is quite, I mean, I'll say this, man. I mean, we really, people that serve in the military, they're obviously, you know, I know your family has the background that mine does too. And it's uh, it's an important part of America. And and if you go down to Warner Robins now, I mean, you're going to get, you're, you're going to get your fill of military. It's a, it's a, it, every part of Georgia is different. You know, Augusta has a lot of military or it did for a long time. And Columbus certainly does too. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not sure I've ever seen anything quite like, um, in Warner Robins, not making Warner Robins. Yep, so, and it's got a great sports culture down there. I get it, man. That's the great part about some parts of Georgia. You know, every 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 part of Georgia is not exactly the nicest place, nicest place on earth, but um, they care they care for sure in Middle Georgia, making Warner Robins metropolitan area, if you want to call it that. They care a lot about. Their community, everywhere cares about their community. I don't doubt that, but they they do that through two things there, and that one is um, loving. I mean, military love and support, and then the other is that they they show it through sports, though, man. I mean, Houston, um, Warner Robins, Northside Warner Robins, all those schools down there. Veterans is the name of one high school, so it kind of ties it together, but. Um, yeah, it's it's good down there, man. It's an interesting place. It's, not, it's nothing like Tucker, and it's nothing like uh, <clears throat> I was. I bet it's got a Hardee's. That's plenty of food. It's a good place to to eat. That's for sure. All right, I, I hear the music. You know what that means? It's time to kick it, man. I'm glad you got to talk to me. It means it means I paid for music. Oh, nice. How about, how about that? Yeah, uh, intellectual property. Intellectual property. All right. Until next week, Fletcher, keep the elephants off your back. We'll see y'all next week on the round the at the round table on dog posts. Easy enough for me to say.